Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Anyway, hey, Broads, you're bringing the brains tonight. Geordie and me are bringing the laughs. But then you'll probably bring the laughs too, actually. <laughs> we'll laugh with Dan, we'll laugh at me. I think that's probably what's going on. Are you saying I'm not funny? <laughs> okay. Oh, well, no, we're not. I'm not saying Apparently that at they all. are. <laughs> well, look. We've got the microphones tonight, <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. All right, we are finishing off our series tonight. So this is the format that we're going to run with. Um, we all have got a section of, these, of this last, um, last part of the chapter that we're going to read out. So we'll read out the little section in full, and then we just have a bit of a takeaway from it that, um, that we've all got, and then we'll kick off the conversation. We might add to it or ask a question about it. Um, we don't really know where this is going, but we're excited to see... It's not about the destination, it's about the journey, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. It's all about the journey. So we're going to go on a journey tonight. Um, and so we get to kick off with our false prophets. Just a nice light-hearted way to, to start our service. Um, but let me read out, and it's going to come up on the screen too. I'm reading um, Matthew 7, verse 15. And it says this, Watch out for false prophets. They, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. Um, pretty heavy part of scripture, really, to try and, to try and pull apart. Um, and it's really important to know this is coming straight off the back of Jesus saying, enter by the narrow gate. That's really important um, because what he was doing, he was trying to warn people of, uh, of, of false prophets that would lead them astray. And so I think it's, it's important to kind of classify what even is a prophet to understand what a false prophet is. So essentially, in a nutshell, a prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God. They are right throughout the Old Testament. We see it as a spiritual gifting in the New Testament. And they would either bring correction, bring alignment, or bring encouragement. That was the three basic functions of the prophet in the Old Testament. And so if you think about it from that sense, um, a good prophet would be correcting us toward godliness, aligning us towards the Father's heart, or encouraging us to keep persevering in God. Um, and the whole idea about entering through the narrow gate, the narrow gate being Jesus, Jesus is the gate, is that a prophet would lead us toward, help keep us toward Christ, toward God, whereas a false prophet would be actively seeking to lead us away from that. Um, and that can be quite tricky because it says a wolf, uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So they're not always easy to, to discern, really, and to figure out what is a prophet and what's a false prophet. And I think that's probably one of the trickiest parts of this. And then it goes on to talk about the fruit. A good tree produces good fruit, bad tree produces bad fruit. Um, and so when we're kind of, when I was, when I was reading this and, and having a bit of a deep dive into it, um, what I found really interesting was um, it says, by, your, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out what does that actually look like? What's good fruit versus bad fruit? Um, and we will get to Brody's section um, next, which talks about people who um, cast out demons, saw miracles, did things in the name of Jesus, but they weren't known by him. So we can't necessarily judge a prophet by their outward action. It's more going to be by what they say and where they're leading us. Um, and the big takeaway that I had from this is to be careful who you let speak in. 
a big portion of this chapter or of this particular um, portion of scripture is trying to warn people against being led astray by people who don't have the best intentions for the people that they're speaking to. Um, and so being really aware of who you're letting speak into you, um, continuing to maintain the course, finding people and seeking people out that are going to continue to lead you toward Christ is super important. Um, while it's really difficult to, to kind of discern what a false prophet is compared to a, compared to a regular prophet, um, what will make it harder is if you don't know the word yourself. It's easy to be deceived if you don't know what you're being deceived to. Um, and so um, you'll generally, uh, as, a, as a false prophet, they've got motives that aren't very good, usually self, self a lot of self-interest and actively trying to turn people away. Um, so it's, there's a lot in there, but what it's basically doing, it's a warning, it's um, an encouragement to make sure that you are being deliberate with who you let speak in. If you're not being led toward Christ, you're being led away, and part of that is our responsibility. Um, so pretty heavy to start us off, but did you guys have any thoughts, any questions? What were your initial thoughts when you kind of looked at that? You go, Brodes. I have lots of thoughts all the time. <laughs> They're not always good. Um, something that you just said that I thought was interesting was being able to discern the difference. And I just love that you were like, you've got to know the word. Yeah. And it makes me think, I've heard this. I don't know if it's true because I never worked in a bank. But Mindy will verify at the end for me. <laughs> um, but when people are taught to recognize fake money, they're actually not taught, they're not shown fake money. They're shown real money. Yeah. And they, they study it and they feel it and they get a sense for the real stuff. And then they can recognise the role, the, the counterfeit. And I think that is so important when it comes to discerning is that um, because, you know, false prophets, um, they, like, they come across like they've got truth. And so the only way you can know if it's not truth is to know what is truth. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was a great yeah, point that you I made. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Anytime, anytime you look in the Gospels when Jesus talks about fruit, he's serious. He's not mucking around. He's really serious. Even at one point, it tells us he was actually walking and he sees this fig tree and it's not bearing any fruit. And he's so annoyed at it, he actually curses the tree. And the disciples are like, wow, what, what is going on here? And he goes on to then talk about how trees are designed. This specific tree, its purpose was to bear fruit. And as Christians, part of your purpose that he calls us to is to bear fruit. In John 15, it says that he is, that we have not chosen him, but he has chosen us to go and bear fruit and fruit that lasts. Yeah. And so fruit in the kingdom is not short-term results like we're used to. Often in our uh, Western way of thinking and our culture, we often expect short-term results quickly. But kingdom principle and fruit is long-term. It's about the long-term. And so when you are looking at people as a mentor or people that you want to speak into your life, you can actually judge them by their fruit. Look for someone who has, who has, um, who has born fruit over a long period of time, okay? Not just had results short-term. Yeah, that's great. Really good wisdom, Dan. You, you can fake short-term fruit. <laughs> Totes can fake short-term fruit. Hey, you can't fake it long. You can't term. fake the long term. Uh, the, the last thing I'll finish with before we move on, Broads, um, is I, I kind of thought, what is what would practical fruit actually look like? And um, what I really we just went back to was the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. 
Love, yeah. joy, peace, patience, Good kindness, Geordie. forbearance. Um, all of those things. If you see someone that has those characteristics, those are the sort of people you want to follow. You can't fake who you are outwardly with that sort of, that sort of thing. Anyway, that's me. All right, we're going to go to the next passage, which I will pull up. Um, so we're going from verse 21 to 23. Uh, you thought it was hot before. <laughs> it's getting hotter. <laughs> no, it's we're going deeper. <laughs> Hold on to your seats. Yeah. Uh, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Um, now, this is kind of one of those passages that people are like, oh, I can't believe Jesus said it. Funnily enough, I love it because this was why I became a Christian. I actually became a Christian um, on a night that this was preached on. And I actually totally could have been that person. I um, grew up, to- I actually totally grew up with um, a, be- well, a belief and understanding of a Christian God. I had Noah's Ark sheets on my single bed bunks. <laughs> um, and I went to Sunday school. I knew the Bible stories. Um, and it wasn't until I was 17. And so he, he was... He was my so we've got here a Jesus who's going to be a judge. One day he's going to come back. He's going to judge the world, and he's going to he's going to judge us. Um, and my understanding of his judgment was based on I thought whether or not I was a good person. And my standard of a good person was if I didn't go to jail or I didn't murder anyone, which is pretty easy to, <laughs> to achieve, really. Um, ironically, people go to jail for doing things that God completely um, approves of. So my standards weren't great. God's standard is perfection. And so I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. <laughs> but I actually didn't hear about grace or that you could have a relationship with God until I was 17. So, and I just, it blows my mind that I could know so much about him and not know that. And I just think it's so interesting in this passage that you've got these people who meet, who are meeting Jesus, and they're saying, "Lord, Lord, did we not? You know, they, they're giving him his, their resume. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles?" And they've got a works-based salvation theology. They yeah. think it's about what they did for him. And he says, and this was the thing that got me. Um, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And I was like, you, God couldn't know you? <laughs> like, what? Because obviously God knows everything. But I, for me, I didn't know that God actually wanted a relationship with us. I just thought he was hanging out in heaven, waiting until we got there, and then he'd make a decision. And so that was the bit that actually got me. Um, so, it, so the thing, the thing is this. When they met Jesus and they were telling him what they did for him, what they failed to recognize was their sinfulness. They were so they, they built it on their own self-righteousness and, and they, they failed to understand that they didn't meet up to his standards. And I just think it's so um, it's, it's sobering to, to realize how, like, like they're doing pretty good things for, for God. <laughs> like, they're not just like, 
showing up to church on Sunday. Like, they're driving out demons in his name, but they miss the one thing. And we'll go a little bit deeper. I don't want to go there straight away. But um, it, there's this really cool verse that I found. And it, so it talks about um, doing the will of God. And I like that there's a word in here. It says this. So John 6 verse 28 says, Then they asked him, Jesus, what must, me, what must we do to do the works God requires? So it's like if you want to know what work God requires, it's this. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. And I'm like, I love that he used the word work there. I just thought that was really cool. Um, that's it. How simple is it? How simple is the gospel? Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I sit there. I don't know if you sit there and, and read that and go, these people are literally doing things that like 90% of Christians wouldn't experience in their life for, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Going, how could you possibly be casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, and not know It's a few Jesus, of those I like, have not done before. <laughs> it's, it's just, in, it's insane. It really blows me away that that's, and to be known by Jesus yeah. is isn't a it, whole other thing. Isn't it good that's not the criteria? Because, <laughs> Bro, I'm still stuck on your bed sheets, Noah's Ark bed sheets. <laughs> I was repping Daffy Duck, so you were more Christian than me as a kid. <laughs> Imagine if I got, got there and I was like, but, gee, but Lord, I had Noah's Ark bed sheets. <laughs> I think what's interesting is that it's talking about disciples, being a true and false disciple. Um, discipleship isn't about doing for, from that verse, it's not about doing for Jesus, it's about being with Jesus. You can do whatever you want for Jesus, that doesn't mean that you are with him. Um, and it's kind of, a, it's, a, it's a sobering fact that we could be doing those things and not have the closeness. Like we're almost robbing ourselves of a closeness and a relationship with Jesus by trying to do stuff for him out of our own strength. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, this is, this is the entering into a relationship with Jesus. This is the salvation. Salvation is not a one-time event. Yeah. It continues for the rest of our life. And it's like, it's so funny that we can, like, we can read that and be like, oh, I can't believe they had a workspace <laughs> mentality. But then we can kind of still have that with our relationship with Jesus and be like, mm. yeah, but like I served here and I, you know, and I, I did this and I, I led a life group and I service directed. I'm just naming things I do. Yeah. But it's like, did I, did I spend time with God this week? Mm. And, and I love that Dan brought up um, John 15 and it's, talk, and it's talking about the vine. And I think it's so interesting that this idea of fruit um, in verse, verse 15... John, sorry, John 15, verse 5 it is. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and if you remain in me. So it's like we come to Jesus, but we remain in him. Um, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I just think it's so interesting. It's like, you know, you've got the vine, which is the source, and we're the branches. And, like, if a branch is disconnected from a vine, it's actually not going to produce fruit. Like, if it's just hanging out <laughs> on its own, it's not going to produce fruit. And so it's like... We can kind of do the same thing that they were doing and be like, look how good I am as a Christian because I'm doing all this stuff. But it's like, again, it's in our own effort. And, and the, the thing I love about like, God is it's, like he, it's not to say those things are bad, but if they're in the wrong priority, if, if your priorities are in the wrong order, yeah. they're not good. Yeah. And his first priority is remain in me, abide in me, yeah. be with me. And you'll produce fruit as a result of that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and it's, you know, a simple story is you, Mary and Martha. It's like you've got Mary sitting at his feet and Mary serving. And he's like, 
it's not that Mary's serving was bad. It was just that there was something better. Yeah. And it's like you've got to get your first things first mm-hmm. and then the rest follows. Yeah. But if you do it the other way around, there's just so much effort. Yeah. And then that's where that self-righteousness can creep in. Yeah. That's Bro, so good. Um, I just find it interesting that part of God's will for our lives is actually grace as well. Part of his will is grace for you. So every day, knowing that there is mercy and grace just for that day for you is this freedom that you can then walk in. But then the responsibility he puts on us as Christians and as disciples is to follow him. And to follow him is actually doing his will. So there's the other side of, yeah, we don't have to um, do all the works. The works aren't what earn us our salvation. But there's also being a disciple is a part of actually following his will. And there's this scripture in Revelation uh, 2. And it says this. I just wanted to read it to you. 2.26. It says, To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. And the reason why I wanted to read that out to you is because this is what happens when you follow God's will. There is a relation that happens between um, following God's will and authority. And we see what happens is when you follow God's will, there's actually another level of authority that you can step into. And that's a spiritual dimension that you can um, continue to build and grow into as you continue to choose his will for your life, as you continue to trust him, as you continue to walk that path that he has set before you and honoring him and Part of that is your authority will actually grow and you'll start to see more things open up in your life where you can speak in, where you can have um, be holding even leadership positions where you have that authority to be able to um, really make a stand. So there, is, there definitely is a relationship between following God's will and authority. Yeah, that's so good. And I guess like discipleship, you would probably define as the, the foundation, the bedrock of yeah. what it is to be a Christian. Dan, you're going to be talking about um, foundations a little bit. Can you share with us a bit of what that foundation looks like and what, what that, the next couple of verses are? I'm so glad that the foundation of this church building is much better than the church foundation of our last building. When we used to have youth in that building, oh, yes. oh my Lord, there are moments where you would be holding your breath if you were walking the floor underneath, would bounce. the floor would be bouncing. You'd stand there the floor, yeah. you, you got good height, though, from the trampoline. <laughs> yeah. A few, times you'd, a few times you'd walk out if you'd been underneath, and parts of the ceiling had been dropping, and it looked like you had dandruff in your hair. What the? What's going on here? <laughs> White foam dodge. ceiling <laughs> on the ground. All right. Let's just have a quick look, you guys. Um, we're getting towards the end, but foundations. In verse 24, um, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears... And, you know, hearing, hear, actually hearing Jesus' word is the first step in yeah. doing, in actually following his, his word. So you passed the first step tonight because you're actually here hearing. There you go. We'll give you a certificate at the end of the night for that. Um, let's, and then it says, These words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's like getting the message from our ear to our heart, to our heads, to our lips, to our um, actions, our feet. 
And then it says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So just a couple of things I wanted to bring out from this passage passage. Jesus doesn't say, um, you know, a house that is built on his words is going to glow in the dark or turn into this incredible mansion, okay? He doesn't say that. The only thing he says is that it will still be standing after the storm. Both houses go through the storm and one of them's gone at the end of it. One is left remaining. And what's the difference? We all know the foundation of rock. So there's a chemistry that happens then between the home that is built on the sand is not going to be withstanding. It's not going to be making it through those storms. So quick look at this. Um, Obedience to Jesus' words is not so much protection from troubles as actually protection in them. And it's a bit like what you talked about before, Geordie. Um, But just as rock under a house does not shield from storms, but supports during them. So everyone builds their life on something. We actually all do. Whether Whether you know it or not, you're building your life on some kind of foundation. And it really comes down to whose words you are following. Whose words are you following? Whose words are you taking in? Whose words are you acting on? Because there is, deci- there is a decision for you to make. Whose words are you going to have as the foundation of your life? For we all live by someone's words, and it might be Abba, Father. Let's hope it's not Abba the band, <laughs> Dancing Queen, you know. Let's hope it's not those words. But it really is a strong foundation supports the finishing, the finished product. If you look at a beautiful building, and one of the most beautiful buildings I ever have ever seen was in Barcelona. Um, the Sagrada Familia, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget. But as I was there staring at and drawn to the wonderful uh, outworkings and finishings of the building, I didn't even focus on the foundation. But it really is the foundation that enables the beautiful finishing. And so God calls us to actually go back to our foundations from time to time, make some adjustments, make some changes check up on our foundation because he wants us to last. He wants us to have that strong foundation on rock so that we can be still standing through all of life's storms. That's great. The thing about foundations, Dan, though, is that they're not seen. They're not seen. The foundations are under the ground, generally. Mm. You dig a hole, you pour concrete, and that becomes the foundation. And so there's some language in that that um, I'd like to ask you about, Dan, because I see you as someone that has done the hard yards with building a strong foundation. Cheers, bro. What, what's the practical... What does, it, what does a practical Christian foundation actually look like? Like, it's one thing to say, oh, build your foundation on solid. What does that actually... What does that actually mean? What yeah. does that look like for you, Dan? I'd love you guys to speak into this as well. So think about what you want to say too. Yeah. Um, but practically, for me, it's been a couple of things that have set my foundation strong in Christ. One of them's been godly role models having honest conversations with these people, learning from them, 
and getting good at asking questions. We need to be good at asking questions. Even Jesus would ask questions. When, he was, when people were firing things at him, he would often be asking questions to get them thinking. So if he's asking good questions, we need to be asking good questions. Good questions are a part of, for me, have been uh, set me up for a good foundation. Another thing, deep convictions. Deep convictions that uh, have really helped me decide what I would do before I got into a testing situation. So before I got into a situation that I knew would be tricky in the future, I decided at a younger age what I would do before I got in that situation. And that came from having a conviction and making a decision to follow Jesus. Another one, personal devotion, getting into that habit daily of just spending time with Jesus. And one of the last things here uh, I wrote down is the habitual act of going to God first during the successes and the failures. Going to Him during my lowest lows and going to Him with my highest highs. Because then I'm making Him Lord through all of it. Love that, Dan. It's so good. So much gold in that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm taking notes going, <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is really good stuff. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. There's just something about the, the foundations that are so important for us. Something about finding that thing that keeps us steadfast in, in those times. So we're going to start wrapping up the conversation. I hope you guys got something out, some takeaways, um, something to, to take away. Like the, the false prophets, just be careful who you're letting speak in. For the discipleship, for the discipleship, being aware that it's being with Jesus, not working for Jesus. And for the foundation, to make Jesus the foundation, to have those um, Christian principles at the bedrock of what you do and who you are, so that when the storm comes, and the storm will come, that we can stand solid. So thanks so much, Dan and, and Rose, for the wisdom. So good. Thanks, team. Wish we could keep chatting. I <laughs> know, oh, I know. We could keep going. We could keep going. But yeah, time We're is time. <laughs> our limit. Yeah, that's right. Um, so just to wrap up, just to wrap up this evening, we sung this beautiful song before. And one of the lines was, the Father is welcoming. This is our homecoming. And what does home represent for you? Sometimes home actually can represent pain, a place of pain and hurt. Sometimes it can represent a place of peace and rest. But home with Jesus represents love, this place of love. And um, the amount of times I've had to go back to that place of love and go, God, it really is my home. That is the thing. It's the love that you've got towards me. And so when you experience his love, just changes everything about you. It changes the way you want to do the rest of your life. It changes the way you see people. It changes the way you interact. It changes the way you go through the lows and the rough moments. And so I really wanted to ask anyone here, if you would like to receive Jesus and make your relationship with him your home, because one day your home is going to be in heaven. When you choose him, when you choose to have your home with him here, you are also choosing a home in the future in heaven. And so with all our eyes closed right now, 
is there anyone here who would like to receive Jesus? Who would like to ask him in to abide in you? Like Brody read that scripture out before. To remain. If that is you, I'd love you to lift your hand. And all it is is saying a quick prayer to ask him into your world, into your life. Is there anyone here that would love to do that? Many people here in this room have done it before. And they're so thankful because it really has been the best decision of their life. Is there anyone that would like to do that tonight? If not, I'd love to have a conversation with you after this meeting. Please come and see me afterwards. And while your eyes are closed, Geordie, if you want to lead us in something else now too, bro. Yeah, um, salvation's just the start, church. Discipleship is a journey. And we're all on that journey. Some of us earlier on, some of us later on. But it is a continual decision. And sometimes, just like those false prophets, we listen to the wrong people and get the wrong advice. Sometimes we start doing things out of our own strength and try to be a works, find our works-based salvation. And sometimes we just realize that we've been digging in the sand instead of building on the rock. And so just as we finish up tonight, um, I'm going to stand. I think Dan's going to stand. I think Brody's going to stand. And I'm going to invite anyone else to stand with us to draw a line in the sand and step over onto the foundation that is the rock of yeah. Jesus and say, I'm making a decision to stop wasting my time, to stop being distracted, to actually deliberately head mm. toward Christ, to head toward Jesus, to surround myself with good people, to lead me in good places, and to be a follower of Christ. Maybe you've just yeah. been walking around, kind of wandering, not quite sure where you've been going in your Christian journey, but tonight is a night just to make that decision to position yourself towards Christ. Yeah. So I'm just going to stand. I'm going to invite anyone else to stand so we can pray. And if you would like to stand with us, let me invite you. It's so good. People standing up. Unreal. If you want to Thank stand you, and say, yes, this is my time. I'm ready to make that decision. I need to start moving toward Christ. I'm ready to start seeing myself as a disciple, as a follower, as someone who is being drawn towards the Father and Thank into that place. And so we're just going to stand. We're going to pray if that's you. Let's give you another moment to stand up if you want to be included in this prayer tonight. Awesome, awesome, so good, so good, yes. Okay. A reminder: this is this is just a, a commitment. Yeah. This is actually a commitment to go. God, I'm in. Yeah. I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to follow as a disciple. Not sure what's up, what's coming ahead, but I'm choosing that commitment. Yeah. So, Father, right now, we stand on this commitment, Lord. Yes. Jesus. And pray that you help us to be led towards you. Father, help us to see the good mentors around us. Help us to yes, get into Lord. your word. Help us to get over ourselves and lean on you and lean on each other. And God, above all else, just like you said, you will know that they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love each mm. other. So Father, pray, I pray right now that we learn to love each other in the best way possible. That we learn to journey towards you, get over our pride, humble ourselves and see the journey that you have ahead for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.